You're listening to How I Met Your Monster, a podcast that explores the introductions to your favorite movie monsters. My name's Zach. I'm Danny. And I'm Casey. And together we dive into the world of horror to find out how filmmakers have introduced us to our favorite monsters time and time again. This is How I Met Your Monster. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of How I Met Your Monster in 2023. This is going to be a good year. It is going to be a good because year. first of all, like it's going to be like a is that like tires? Good year tires? Yeah. Yep. They, or is that, I know there's a blimp. Yeah. This is going to be a year full of tires. It's going to be it's, this year is going to be so rubber. Oh my god! Like what really if, good <laughs> all season tires? Yeah. Can we just like that'll be our word? It'll be like this year is going to be blimp. Like oh, it's going to be so blimp. <laughs> Ew. Well, no. If we do, if we do it like uh, if you've ever seen disturbing behavior. Katie Holmes's character always says razor. We can just say rubber. Oh, no. no. <laughs> like, that's, that's rubber, bro. Gonna be rubber. That's rubber. Yeah, that's really rubber. <laughs> Today's, blimp? This party's going to be so rubber. <laughs> blimp reminds me of the word blumpkin. Do you guys know what a blumpkin is? Oh, yeah. Blumpkin? What's that? <laughs> it's when you, oh. um, you have, you, someone sucks on your penis while you're pooping. <gasps> yep. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Oh God! It's the year of the. Oh, I don't even want to say that word. But it's yeah, such a fun word, Blumpkin. <laughs> Words without context can be fun. <laughs> Since we're talking about horrible, horrible things, really quickly, let's talk about the Evil Dead Rise trailer. Mm. That trailer was really gross. Yeah, it was great. We, I thought Can't you would wait. say that. Love everything about it. Uh, it does look really good. Um, I winced twice. The whole thing about like it being in a skyscraper, yeah, you know, like that was like the whole thing. I didn't really get that vibe. I thought it was going to be a different kind of vibe. That's so funny you said that. I thought that too. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. It um, looks it looks cool, so, and I'm sure there might be some stuff. You know, they might mm-hmm. play into that, but I thought it was going to be more of a focal point. Yeah. Oh, more of a focal. Well, maybe it is just not in the trailer. Yeah, very well. That's funny you say that, too, because I was thinking you do get like a pretty general, you know, good idea of like what this movie is. It's like this these kids and the sister, I guess, versus the mother who's turned into a deadite. But speaking of the Evil Dead 2013 movie, that one shows a lot in the trailer, a lot of gore, a lot of like scenes a lot of like important scenes from the movie but it goes in a very different direction in terms of like who the main character is so i wonder if there is a little bit of you know subverting trying to psych us out again yeah like did we just watch the first is that like the first 20 minutes you know what i mean like, right and it goes somewhere else right yeah yeah but that's just uh, speculation yeah you don't really know what to believe with trailers anymore i remember mm-hmm. being 
pissed about uh, the Halloween trailer 2018 when it came out because you see that um, who's the the cop? Um, oh, um, the guy from Armageddon and Gone yeah. in 60 Seconds. Yeah. But anyways, you see him and like Michael Myers like comes up behind him with like a knife and you're like, oh, great. He's going to get killed. Um, but they just like did that for the trailer and it's not in the movie. And so it kind of like oh. throws you for a loop. That I don't like. Bastards. Which just a couple weeks ago, this is interesting that we're talking about this. Just a few weeks ago, a federal judge ruled that movie studios can be sued for false advertising if they release deceptive movie trailers. What? That That is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Does that mean that we're going to get spoilers in our trailers now? The person who cut the the red eye trailer is like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's see if there's if they can uh, go backwards, you know. Oh, and Zach, it's Will Patton. We were. Thank you. Will Patton. I I think that's Um, a bunch of bullshit. That's part of the fun. I'm not totally opposed to that. I don't mind subverting expectations, but lying. I think there's a fine line between what constitutes yeah, as to, a lie. Who, that that's all relative, though. That's mm-hmm. when well, it comes okay. to this kind of thing. You're not hurting anybody. Well, you remember, know I mean? you know what comes to mind is: Do you remember when one of the Avengers? I think it was Avengers. Um, in Infi- no, which one was the? Yeah, Infinity War, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's that scene, that is one of them that scene where they're all like running through the jungle it's like all the avengers basically together like storming the castle but that's not even in not only is that not in the movie those care some of those characters aren't even present in that scene so it's like it was cool to look at but then it's like what are you promoting that's not so much a like throwing you off to like be interesting yeah, but- that's just a fake <laughs> but you th- you think that that a studio should get like it's a crime i don't think it's a crime but i think you should be held accountable for lying to your audience if you're selling a product mm. i just think it's way too subjective i think there's a i think it's i think there's a lot of gray area though interestingly enough this all came about because of the movie yesterday about uh that guy oh, with the Beatles. The, about the Beatles song, oh, right? Yeah. Two gentlemen, Connor Wolf, 38, of Maryland, and Peter Rosa, 44, of San Diego, California, um, filed a federal class action lawsuit because they each rented yesterday for $3.99 specifically to see, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Anna de Armas. Um, Anna, de, Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Yeah. Um, she's in, uh, what's it called? Knives out. But anyways, I guess she was in the trailer and then she was cut out of the movie. And so they rented this movie wanting to see her and she wasn't in it. And so they filed a fucking lawsuit. Yeah. But yeah. Can you believe though? Like, okay. $4 and two hours of your life. And now you're going to spend how much more money and time trying to sue Casey. I agree with you on that. That's that whole lawsuit is ridiculous. That's stupid because characters or actors can be cut from a movie that's that's not a lie that's that could have yeah. just been a change you know after the filming and after the marketing even they could have just like decided to release it a certain way yeah that's um well it is strange because when you, you when i was talking about halloween like 
I was pissed when I saw the trailer because I thought it was spoiled. <laughs> then I was happy when I watched the movie because it was different. So I was yeah. then in hindsight, I was glad that they tricked me. But that is just in the case. But now of, you're going to sue their asses. Well, no, that was just the case. Zach, are you those us. two guys? And is yesterday <laughs> Halloween? My body splits apart and like these guys come out like two heads. Oh, my God. Um, no, but like what if it was something like that's a that's a situation that ultimately benefited me. But what if it was something that I was really looking forward to? I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then it wasn't in the movie, in which case I would just watch the trailer again and enjoy it. But. Yeah, I'm usually let down by movies anyway, because I'm a picky bitch. So Uh, I think that the Evil Dead remake from what was it like 2009? I think was when the first one was. Oh, really? That late? Oh, my God. I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, 2013. But I uh, think that's probably like the best horror remake that's been done. It's pretty good. Okay. Which I guess you could argue maybe isn't a remake. I feel like it could just be a continuation. It has a lot of the, it could just be new people going to the cabin. Um, but like they have the, the Ash's car is there and everything. And so there's a lot mm-hmm. of little oh, Easter eggs. Yeah, it could be I Easter see. eggs, I guess, but it could also just be a sequel. Um, yeah. Right. Right. But uh, I was surprised. I guess I just wasn't expecting to see so many aesthetic similarities from that movie in Evil Dead Rise, like the way the Deadites mm-hmm. look, the gore, mm-hmm. which. I guess makes sense. I thought they were just kind of rebooting everything, but this is a sequel, I guess. Sure. We all yeah. Agree? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. So there is, in the trailer, there is some points where they're like at a lake in the woods. So maybe mm-hmm. there is like a cabin element yeah. to it um, at some point, maybe like in the, like the prologue or something. Or, yeah. I mean, the book had to have gotten there somehow. So I'm sure we'll see some kind mm-hmm. of journey. Did you see like so, the teeth? Like the book had oh, yeah. That yeah. Was, that it was, was like cool. the, the it was like the the monster book in Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Battle Royale. The monster yeah. book of monsters versus the Necronomicon. Who wins? Oh. Necronomicon. Yeah, Necronomicon. But the book could physically like eat the Necronomicon. Well, so can this Necronomicon. Which one are we talking oh, about? Fair. Are we talking about the original Evil Dead Necronomicon? Or you that's know, you have fair. to be more specific. That's fair. On IMDb, and this could be, someone could probably debunk this if this information is elsewhere, but on IMDb, three of the main characters do not, are not listed with their character names, though everyone else is. Oh. So that seems like we're getting some, there's some little mystery. Mm -hmm. You know what? And if they do not pay off that secret, I'm suing them for false marketing. Sue them. Let's follow Anybody that else trend. Can. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's take advantage of the broken system. Anyway, so I'm really sorry, um, but I'm really excited for a lot more movies that are coming out this year. Me too. It's going to yeah. be a good year. Um, it is going to be a good year. Do yeah. you know... Um, the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! <laughs> the Muffin Man? <laughs> the Muffin Man! Oh, okay. um, we did that in the wrong order. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Um, that was my fault. What are you guys most excited for? Oh, okay. Did you guys watch the trailer for The Price We Pay? Mm-mm. No. Is that okay. the movie that everyone is talking about that is just severely grotesque and disturbing? Yes. Okay, that's Stephen why Dorf and Emil Hirsch. Oh, Emil, you used to be in a big oh, Emil Hirsch fan. I know. Fan. I still am. 
I'd still fuck him. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that movie looks good. Um, 65. Mm, that that like fun. sci-fi horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously scream Megan. I'm not sure about um, the reviews are just coming in. Now people seem to like it. I'm scared of artificial intelligence, but I feel like it might just be a little not, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But then there's also cocaine bear, which I will be scared of. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, but dude, Megan, that's like the new child's play probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But very similar not. to the remake, the 2019 one. Yeah. Because child's mm. play is about, you know, the voodoo and the, and yeah. the um, why can't I think of his name? Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brad Dorf. It's about him being the spirit of Chucky. And well, I really yeah, like I that guess, about Chucky. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I guess what I was kind of getting at um, is kind of like Megan is like the child's play of this the generation, generation. Yeah. I guess, yeah. where it's not a remake of child's play, but it's like its mm-hmm. own thing. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like yeah. that. This is the killer doll movie of this time. Um, yeah. I so mean, I'm excited. I don't know. Just the, the trailer doesn't like creep me out or anything, but it, the movie. I might, got the I impression sure that Megan it. is going to be more of like a funhouse horror kind of thing where it's not okay as scary as it is just fun to watch in a group with like yeah. mm-hmm. fun scenes and good kills perhaps perhaps um, yeah perhaps i just did a list um, on letterbox of my top 25 movies i'm looking forward to oh, not oh, that much wow horror but i've got a few horror but you continue well, sorry i cut you off no it's okay uh, apparently we're getting an exorcist sequel Mm-hmm. You have three movies yeah, coming out um, from, from David, David Gordon, Gordon Green. Green, who did yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Salem's Lot remake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which was supposed to have come out last summer or last fall. Yeah. The new Saw movie, is that supposed to come out this year or next yes. year? Okay. Saw 10. Saw 10. Yeah. Dear Saw Lord. Saw 10. I have to say, I was always very anti Saw, and I finally. Watched all the movies. They're fun. They are. I mean, the there is nothing will ever be like the first Saw movie. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but that Mm -hmm. moment when he gets up off the floor, I remember screaming Mm -hmm. because I was just so surprised. Yeah, and infuriated. Funny enough, even though it's cool, my favorite Saw movie is the one that came out fairly recently, like a few years ago, called Jigsaw. Yeah. Mm. It was pretty good. I haven't watched that. I, I think I've watched up to like pleasantly four or five. surprised. Not perfect, okay. but especially if you're watching all the sequels and you do see like yeah. a very low budget in some of them. Mm. Uh, this one feels shinier and more polished and a little bit more refined, okay. I guess. Um, it's really good. Well, now I have to watch all the sequels because I was just thinking about how much right. fun, like of like I guess it was like a roller coaster of fun. Sometimes I didn't have fun. When I was watching the all the Amityville movies, mm. it was like there was some gems in there, which were good. Like you Wonder. had to sit through some duds, too. Um, but that was fun, though. And so, like, maybe maybe yeah, watching Amityville all the saw, saw would be good. Your favorite Amityville yeah. is uh, four. It's about time. Is that the one you like? That one was good. The clock. But I liked I liked that one was good. I liked Dollhouse. I like Dollhouse. That was good. Um, Didn't love the ending of Dollhouse. I like the premise. Although there is a weird bit of incest in part two. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy part two. 
Um, that was really good. I would I would argue there was a lot of incest in that. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. unlike the movie we're talking about today, which is like blatant, overt, like in your face, proud. It's you don't see proud. Yeah, but incest. guys, usually you see like guys, reluctant incest in movies. This is if if he was your brother. That's fair. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, guys. So let's be real here. Correct me if I'm wrong. I did read that Benedict Cumberbatch and Emma Stone were originally cast as those two. I remember uh, them talking I could see about that. that. Yeah. Maybe Emma Stone was the main character and not Lucille. I'm not uh, sure. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch was originally cast as the male lead instead of Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. But when I was watching this and Tom Hiddleston came on, I was thinking, what's that guy's name? I said, that's not is Benedict that, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and then well, I found out that man? he He's was... doing a great impression of Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh. uh, I love Tom Hiddleston. Well, you guys know that all British actors are Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Oh, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, but um, of course, mm-hmm. this just took me by surprise because totally. That, yeah. I mean, I understand. His name's Tom, even yeah. though he is yeah. Benedict ben. Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. But, anyways, I'm looking forward to talking about Crimson Peak because this was the first watch for me, and I really enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. Good. I was afraid that you weren't going to like it. Me too. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't afraid, but I, I had know. a feeling. You I don't would. know. I don't know why. Yeah, I thought I thought that you wouldn't. No, I did like it. So. I want to talk about it. But first, I want to know what you guys watched. Give me your best mini reviews. Okay. I'll go first real quick. Um, I watched Pearl. Mm. So, yeah. I um, First time or second time? Yes. That was the first time. Oh, I thought you had seen it. Yeah. No, no we had an X episode and we talked yep. all this about Pearl and everyone was so excited. And then I was the only one that went to see it. Well, there and was a reason that I don't I know what happened to it. you guys. I don't remember what it was. There was a reason I couldn't go see it, but I did really like it. Um, I love Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. Different, yeah. isn't it? Different. Yeah. Definitely different still, than X. Yeah. But still really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like it when she freaks out. It's good yeah. stuff. I don't want to say too much because I know Danny hasn't seen it, but. See, I, I didn't think when I went into it, I didn't realize how different from X it was going to be. Yeah. Um, which ultimately I liked that it did that but um yeah. it was it's yeah because it's a, not very often that you get a movie that's in the same universe that's completely different mm-hmm. that's a great point but you're obviously still able to tell that it's part of that world mm-hmm. yeah. yeah danny what about you um uh, i saw pearl <laughs> oh did you did you yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well well why didn't you say so i was waiting for the the big reveal <laughs> yeah i enjoyed it too um mia goth was great um yeah. it's funny what i couldn't help because i heard so many people talking about pearl before i watched it and there was a lot of you know which one do you like more so i couldn't help but while i was watching it i was constantly comparing it to x so I'm still like trying to de- trying to decide which one I liked more. And I decide I, I like them both equally. I think they yeah. both delivered on their promise. And that is mm-hmm. the best, I don't know. That's true. Um, compliment I guess I can give them. Um yeah, it was really good, really disturbing, really dark. Um, Dude, like her monologue at the table towards the end of oh, the movie yeah. where the oh, camera yeah. stays on her for like six minutes or something like doesn't cut away 
You know, the thing with Pearl is in that scene specifically, the thing that I really liked about it was because you're watching it, I guess, from her perspective, you can't help but kind of, you know, relate to her in a way you're like in her shoes. Mm -hmm. So when she's Mm -hmm. confessing to this horrible thing, it's almost like you're confessing to this horrible thing. So when you see her, like you can see her kind of getting lost in her head and Mm -hmm. then sort of realize that she just gave away the fact that she killed people and she's like looking at the person and you can see her sort of like mentally like computing like oh what do i do but i'm also not like mentally here enough to sort of there's just just so many levels to it 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 makes it so complicated where she's like oh i shouldn't have said that but what i just said was criminal (laughs) like insane so to see that processing was i think scarier than like the kills themselves. I thought that gotcha. that yeah. that, that really like bothered me. Like put a pit in my stomach. I really liked that. Uh, it showed that she. So in X, she like goes through and she's telling Mia Goth like you remind me of myself when I was young. I was a dancer. Blah blah blah. But she never actually was anything. Oh, that's a great and, uh, point. Oh yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, she has like those delusions of grandeur. And you can mm-hmm. see them playing out in her memory yep. of like how she sees herself. Right. Oh, that's great. Oh man. So that's she, a, that's a good, yeah. good observation, Casey. Yeah. I like that. So how do you guys think the third one, Maxine is going to play out? I don't know. Is it going to be, cause it's supposed to be a sequel set in the eighties, right? Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, she's got a, she got a taste, right? I don't so know. So it's, it's yeah. Maxine, she goes to Los Angeles to Hollywood and she's working in the porn industry in the okay. 80s. So I wonder if they're going to still have her as like the the quote unquote final girl or is she going to like make a sea change and then become a killer and then kind of tie it back to I don't know. Yeah. Right, that's what I was thinking. Well, yeah, because, because then because she like, would be even more like <clears throat> Pearl. Mhm. Yeah, because Pearl was the, you know, basically the villain in both movies and so who's the villain right. in this next one? Yeah. But right. what would it what would be kind of cool? X was very much like a 70s slasher movie. And then Pearl was more so like character study, kind of like taking yeah. back the, yeah. peeling back or pulling back on the, the slasher bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the third one went like even farther and like took it out of the horror genre completely? It's just a porno. But I want it, it was to be just horror. like maybe a little bit of thriller, but like mm-hmm. just like a heavy drama. And so, That'd be a cool well, trilogy. It's funny you say that because even though I love the horror elements in Pearl, there was part of me that felt I almost was like taken out of the movie every time she killed, not every time, not necessarily every time she killed someone, but every time they showed the kills, because I thought that kind of just like lingering on her like mental breakdown was so much more captivating and mm-hmm creepy and overwhelming you just felt like they were unnecessary yeah like you almost didn't need like an x you need i feel like it's so much of the story and the beats and the themes are sort of predicated on paying off because it's all about like you know pleasure and sex like sex yeah Yeah, like it's it's the build-up and the um what's the word i'm looking for blumpkin (laughs) yeah i don't want to (laughs) say the uh climax climax thank you it's all about, yeah, it's all about like the build in up both and the climax. Senses of the word. Yeah. Whereas, so like that fits, but I felt, and I, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like Pearl is a horror movie. Like it's a, 
slasher in some sense, so you have to have that. But if you had removed that, I think it would have been more, if not, or, or just as, if not more effective, mm-hmm. um, which is a testament to, you know, good storytelling and obviously Mia Goth's just ridiculously good performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if Maxine is not horror at all, like, fuck it. I trust, I trust Ty. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, Danny, what else did you watch? I watched, I rewatched Labyrinth, which isn't horror, but oh, cool. it's kind of horror-y. Um, but, uh, yeah, Labyrinth, creepy. And then I watched Gremlins as like really one of my only like Christmas horror movies. (gasps) Listen, I'm sorry. I watched something else that was very important. What? (laughs) Violent Night. We haven't recorded since I watched it, have we? Oh, Violent Night. I think so. It is my favorite Christmas movie ever. It's so good. Really? It is so good. Zach, have you seen it? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, oh my god! Yet. It is so good. It is. I don't. I don't even know. Cody what else and to I say turned to each it. other after it. And we were like, "I'm like excited to watch it next year as like an." Annual no, me Christmas too. Movie. I almost because nice. we watched it. I watched it like five days before Christmas. I almost watched it again on Christmas. It's so good. It's so good. It's so much fun, and it it walks the line so perfectly, like the balance in terms of like kind of not gross out humor but sort of immature humor you know like right but then it but, also is very sweet it's like it's a sweet christmas movie it is very sweet but i think parts of the humor thing come from like it's so satirical mm-hmm. in the way that like it makes fun of regular christmas movies too mm-hmm. and then like santa is real in that movie but it's a fucking crazy action horror like it's it's fucking wild it's so good well are you guys ready to meet the monster of crimson peak uh yeah let's let's jump in that carriage and head on over to allerdale hall and meet some monsters let's do it Listen, I'm so obsessed with Gothic Victorian architecture that after I watched this movie, I probably spent about two hours on my phone just <laughs> looking at it and then looking at houses that were for sale and thinking, oh, what could I do to this house to make it look like a fucking Gothic Victorian castle? <laughs> Is this our first Gothic horror movie? I think. I think so. Yeah. I literally have a list of Gothic horror movies right here. List some of them, Danny. I'll list them all. Some of them aren't gothic, gothic traditionally. Well, but they are a lot. A lot of them are just movies that are I'm watching to inspire me. Sure. Some of them I don't even like. Some are just more like aesthetics. Okay. So Danny's convoluted list. Yeah, The Changeling, The Wolfman, Dracula, Sleepy Hollow, Sweeney Todd, uh, The Pale Blue Eye, which isn't even out yet, Crimson Peak, From Hell, Women in Black, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. The Innocents, Black Sunday, The Spiral Staircase, The Skeleton Key, The Others, The Uninvited, The Mask of Red Death, House of Usher, The Haunting, Rebecca, and Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. We did Sleepy Hollow. Oh, we did do Sleepy Hollow. Did we? Mm -hmm. We did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and we did Dracula. 
Yes. Bram Stoker's. Bram I wasn't Stoker's. there for that, but yeah. So it's interesting that Black Sunday is on your list because when he made Crimson Peak, um, apparently he was kind of paying like homage a little bit to, or at least in the aesthetic of it all, um, to mm-hmm. Mario Bava's movies. Um, and I Black Sunday, Mar- Black Sunday yeah. being one of those. So uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed two little, and I'm sure there's more, but a lot of uh, changeling vibes, like Dude. down to the red ball. Yes, and the and, and the wheelchair, the, uh, of course. Wheelchair, mm-hmm. and yeah, just like the way this the go- I mean, this is very common in ghost stories, but the way the ghosts communicate with Edith is mm-hmm. very much like they're calling out for like you know to notice a crime that has happened. Yeah. Um. So I love that. Changeling is one of my faves. So yeah, I even noticed like you can't have a ghost story without a red ball bouncing out of <laughs> bouncing in from off screen so somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely the, uh, that wheelchair and like they linger on it for a minute. And I was like, <clears throat> Oh my God, that's the changeling right there. And it's funny because it comes after the red ball reveal. Mm. So it kind of plants the seed in your head of like, Oh, changeling. And then okay. all of a sudden they see it and you're like, mm, uh-huh. there it is. You're, you're just being so like <laughs> on the nose. Uh-huh. But before we get into the movie, let's talk about, the monsters of this movie, the ghosts, um, which, Perfection. you know, we get into the movie and the monsters are actually somebody else. But yeah, so um, I yeah. called this a ghost story, but I didn't want to tell you that it is just a movie with ghosts in it because. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- no, that's good yeah. because I I uh, thought the ghosts were going to be the bad guys. Um, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, mm-hmm. fun. but it's funny because Guillermo del Toro, almost not all of his stories, but in a lot of cases the quote unquote monster or creature or supernatural being yeah. is usually sort of the setup to the reveal of the humans being the real monsters. Yeah. Especially in mimic. Totally. <laughs> mimic the, the giant uh, cockroach monsters are the, they're the heroes. Yeah. <laughs> I love mimic. Oh, it's so good. You could argue that they are, just no, I mean the genetically the humans the created genetically them. modifying. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. The we yeah. created them. Yeah, oh, I love. And movie. who are they becoming if not man? That's yeah. See, the Terrible biggest man. monster of all. I love mimic. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, for the giant. I love the ghosts in this movie. I think that if there ever was a, a ghost in a movie, it should always just look like this. I agree. Yeah. So the ghosts were all. Um, I don't know if Doug Jones played them all or well, there was, mm-hmm. is there only one ghost? There's two. No, there's a few. Well, there's Edith's mom. There's their mom. Like, mm. um, oh my God. Tom yep. yeah. she, is she the one with the ax in the head? Yeah. Or not the ax, but the cleaver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's how they killed her. And then there's mm-hmm. one that crawls out of the floor. Yeah. There's a few yep. because there's like the people that they oh, killed yeah. to take their money and stuff. Okay. Yeah. But yes, I think Doug Jones was all. Oh, and there's the baby. No, no, the newborn baby. Jesus so Christ! Disturbing. I need to watch this again. Um, yeah, I don't remember a lot of that. I have to say, I the the second time this was the second time I watched it, and I had liked it the first time, but I really liked it the second time. Yeah, I've probably watched this like six or seven times. Oh damn! Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah. Well, now I see I why you recommended it. Yeah, <laughs> I I love it. I um like I said, the ghosts. It just because a lot of times I get very um turned off by you know, creatures, we've talked about this before, but like, mm-hmm. you know, they're mm-hmm. not, you know, but this, the ghosts, how they're, I don't know. 
they're solid where they need to be solid. <laughs> and then they're wispy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they were all like, like if they were all Doug Jones, even if they weren't, they were all actors in full prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And then they just added so CG to it to kind of amplify yep. certain areas. And I thought that was so really cool. cool. Um, and it was all done by MPC visual effects, um, which is not moving character, moving picture. Um, MPC, MPC. They did, they did uh, shape of water. They did his new movie, Pinocchio. Um, they did Nope, 1917, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. So they're they're, they're, they're good at visual good effects. Stuff. They are the real deal. Now, have you guys seen um, Del Toro's other movie, his other ghost story, um, The Devil's, the Devil's Backbone. Backbone? No, I have not. It's It's been on my list for years, and I just haven't. So I won't spoil anything, but all I will say is that the rules of, <laughs> like, the mechanics of the ghost are the same in that mm-hmm. one. Where like how you die is sort of how you are as a ghost. He also okay. um, that blood too mm-hmm. of the ghosts. Yeah, like, with the comes out, out of his head. out of their heads. Oh, Same yeah. with the devil's backbone too. Mm. Um, That's what I love about the ghosts too. That he has they kind of play by their own rules. Where like you said, like they almost, they almost are physical. Like she even kind of touches him at the end, mm-hmm. but then can't touch him yeah there's really no like they kind of are on their own like um, well it's kind of cool that like if you say like the the ghost and the devil's backbone are similar where it's like he's got his own set of rules on how ghosts are and it's not just for crimson peak or it's not just for devil's backbone Mm -hmm. it's like yeah any story he could do all these kinds of different stories but no matter what he's like this is how ghosts are um which i love which is i mean that's cool I mean, the Devil's mm-hmm. Backbone and Crimson Peak could be in the same universe. Just totally, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, because okay. that There's takes really place. No what what war couldn't. does that take place during? I can't remember. Uh, the Spanish Civil War, nineteen thirty nine. Nineteen thirty nine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and this um, was like fifty years earlier in England. Which is great because Devil's Backbone is sort of like the ghost alternative to because he does like. I feel like he's really known for his creature work. Mm-hmm. So it's like the ghost alternative to Pan's Labyrinth. Where oh, yeah, that's true. I'm not sure if it's the same war. Maybe it is. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's kind of the same general idea of like a young kid who's sort of dealing with the war. But then within the war, there's these supernatural elements creeping yeah. through. Very good point. Hmm. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. why mm. gothic horror is so perfect for Del Toro. He likes to play with the idea of like the way that supernatural kind of creeps into kind of like overpowered by the horrors of the human element. Like mm-hmm. the human element ends up yeah. being the more disturbing part of it. You know, right. a lot of Gothic literature you can play, you know, you're sort of, the idea is you're being introduced to supernatural elements only to find out that it's actually something you can, you know, explain in a more grounded way, like something that is based within our reality. So I think it's kind of a perfect setting for him mm-hmm. because then he can sort of dip his toes into both. It, it is the human element, but then it's like, mm, but there's still going to be ghosts. Like I'm still going to yeah. play with that because I don't think he's ever done a non supernatural story. I mean, you could argue shape of water is technically not supernatural because the creature is just a creature that we just don't know of. Even then it's like, it's still a creature. Yeah. I mean, even 
even Pinocchio is a supernatural mm-hmm. yeah. story. Mm-hmm. The part in this movie where like her ghost mom is like, she's about to open the door and then the door opens by itself. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen to me. Really? What? Yeah. Yes, I have. This is a, That's a great intro to this question. Do we all believe in ghosts? Yes. Yeah, you know, it's really weird because of the, as an atheist, I really shouldn't, but I do. Mm-hmm. Why? Just, well, why shouldn't I? A ghost? Why? Because I don't think there's... Just be... Because I think we die and nothing happens, but I've had supernatural experiences, so... But they mention in the movie, Dr. Alan Carmichael, uh, Charlie Hunnam's character, or no, it's Dr. Alan McMichael, McMichael. which is even better. Um, he talks about those photos where they would take pictures mm-hmm. and basically capture the sort of like leftover energy from people who may or may not be spirits. Right. So it's sort of like finding the science in the supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with which Mc- again I'm is with very McMichael. much like a gothic kind of rule where they're kind of playing with like science is the way of the future. So you're kind of walking that fine line between like one foot in the past, which is like, it's all religion or supernatural or, you know, unearthly things. And then you have, no, you can actually explain it. There is a way that you can explain everything that's happening, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. So you can be an atheist and believe in ghosts is what I'm saying. All right. Well, thanks. The fucking door handle that was fucking, Rattling and then like it stopped and then mm-hmm. like she goes again and rattles again. Oh my god! Yeah, it's good mm-hmm. stuff, huh? Ugh. Creepy out. Yeah, I love how he doesn't shy away from the dramatics. You know, like yeah. with the ghosts. You know, sometimes ghosts are sort of like hidden in the shadows, but he's like, no, we just like come all out in the open and mm-hmm. it's still effective. It's still that's scary. why I appreciate the way they look so much. Is mm-hmm. because they were mm-hmm. right out in the forefront. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they could have easily not looked. Could have been hokey, could have been yeah. silly, but yeah. it's not. Um, um, I don't know if it's the opening scene or if it's like it's one of the first scenes where uh, Edith is a, a child and she's laying in her bed and you get mm-hmm. that hallway and her mom comes in and oh, yeah, it's not the opening mm-hmm. scene because the opening is her mom's funeral. Yes. But then, yeah, man, that hallway just at, yeah. in itself is creepy as fuck. And then the shadow comes in with the long fingers yep. and then. Oh yeah, and you had mentioned Doug Jones earlier. That's a testament to his body movement. Mm-hmm. There's so many moments in this. Well, I, I mean, that's know, like, his entire life. Has his been, whole career is built on like yeah. how he contorts his body. Even in fucking Hocus Pocus, he was a fucking zombie. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was. That you know, he guy. actually cut his head off. <laughs> Whoa! The Talk of the about movie. method acting, huh? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dang, crazy. He's um, in What We Do in the Shadows. I know that neither of you guys have watched that movie. I've seen show. it. The show. I've seen the, I've oh, seen the no, movie. The I haven't. I meant the, the show. show. He plays the like highest, like the most important vampire. Pita. Basically. <laughs> Pita. Pita. <laughs> I um, honestly like, I like the movie, but I think the show is way better. Okay. Okay. But I'll have to watch anyway, it. I mean, I've only heard anyway, good things. It's so funny. So funny. Um, the other monsters in this movie, though, how charming is Thomas Sharp? <laughs> I know. It's funny. Charming, but also like clearly up to something mm-hmm. from the get go. Yeah. But if you're a lady, I see, I wouldn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Dude, when they're dancing. I didn't fall for it. Yeah. There's no fucking way that candle didn't blow out. No, that was definitely not. Right. No way. <laughs> no way. I don't care how smooth you are, Tom. <laughs> 
Well, he keeps talking about like that's the whole setup is like this candle cannot go out. But if you watch it, like that candle's almost going out every time. <laughs> and I'm like, Tom, easy, easy. <laughs> you have one moment to like win their trust and approval. Like, don't fuck this up. They definitely added that in. Yeah, that's yeah. the most tense part of the movie. Watching that fucking candle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he he's he's so charming. But yeah, they they make it kind of clear early on that he's not. Him and Lucille both are not maybe who they appear to be. Zach, since this is the first time you watched it, I want to know what you thought that document was. The document. Oh, um, the one that the dad gets. And then yeah. he's like, um, I don't think I I didn't really put much thought into it, I guess. Oh. I guess I was like, I, at the moment, I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder what that is. Are they going to show it? Are they going to talk about it? Yeah. But then... Uh, after like the next scene where he has to go out and say that he's leaving and break her heart and everything. Like, yeah, I never thought twice about it. Okay. Um, what do you think it is? No, we know what it is. You just fell asleep. Ah, oh, shit. God it's their damn it. wedding. It's their marriage document that him and Lucille are married, but their brother's sister. Yeah. I mean, this was 18, the 1880s. Oh, okay. You can marry gotcha. whoever the fuck you wanted. Was it his, Oh, I thought it was a marriage certificate with one of the other ghosts, the other biddies. I mean, maybe it was. I just assumed it was their marriage certificate because. Because I do remember that them saying like, oh, he's married. Like that was a, a thing. I guess I guess I was with Danny thinking that he was oh, married to maybe the it other is. But aren't we people. all aren't we all married to different people? guys? like, what is <laughs> maybe it is a marriage certificate for Enola. But I mean, I don't know. Like it definitely could. Could be the the other, but either way, he's a skeevy little little shit. But he's mm-hmm. still just so charming. And then Lucille. Also, yeah, Lucille. I mean, Oscar winning Jessica Chastain. Just. I mean, look at how they dressed her. Yeah, and then also she's like, "Look at this dead butterfly. Look at it eating, being eaten by ants. Isn't it beautiful?" It's like, okay. Well, yeah. do you, did you understand that they're talking about the black moths that eat butterflies? Right. So mm-hmm. they're, mm-hmm. they're the black moths and she's the butterfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. Parasites feeding on yeah. the innocent. I wish they kind of did more of like there they go in like the close up of the ants like eating. Yeah. Um, and I think they do it later with something else. Um, but I kind of wish there was a few more little bits of that dropped in like those cool mm-hmm. close ups. Yeah. Yeah. Little visual cues. Yeah, telling I, us what we already know, but don't want to believe. <laughs> I think it's funny too that Thomas and Lucille are—they're like they're dressed like vampires. They're not vampires. I there mm-hmm. was a moment where I thought this was a vampire story the first yeah, time I saw it. Like they definitely. I was like, why are you wearing those dark shades? Yeah, they're all, they're <laughs> wearing dark. So they're wearing black and red, and they're mm-hmm. pale and yeah, mm-hmm. vampires. But I love it. Yeah, love she it. is. Oh man, Lucille, just what a bitch. I yeah. do want to point out two little things. One is irrelevant. One isn't good. The irrelevant. Lucille and Thomas's last name Sharp is my mom's yeah. maiden name. Oh, oh shit! So I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Your mom from Crimson Peak. Oh my god, are you um, Jessica Chastain? Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, Edith's last name Cushing, which is clearly. Mm. A nod to yeah. um, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why his name like slipped my mind. 
Peter Cushing was an actor. He was in Star Wars. He was a bad guy in Star Wars, but he was he's a horror icon. So mm-hmm. he played uh, Van Helsing and the Dracula movies with mm-hmm. uh, Saruman himself. Um, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Um, he was in The Mummy, where he also fought Christopher Lee. I don't know who that character was, but he was the good guy. Um, but also, more importantly, is he played Sherlock Holmes, which is referenced in this movie. So I feel like there are a lot of like very obvious on-the-nose references of a character who is opposing these gothic creatures, just Edith, and then also solving mysteries. So we're kind of like pulling from, okay. at least that's what I kind of gathered from it, we're really pulling from this Peter Cushing reference, which okay. I can totally see Del Toro doing. Right. Seems like very relevant. Or a nerd. Yeah. Right. So yeah, one last name, irrelevant. This last name, very, very relevant. Very yes. relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so the first monster that we see is is it Edith's mom? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Casey's yep. wet. No. Uh, because yes. I I I forgot. Uh, I was thinking that Edith was Lucille for a second, and I was like, no, we don't see her mom first. We see the other ones. Oh, first. Yeah. Yes, Edith's uh, mom. A lot of moms. A lot of moms, dads, moms, family. Dads. Yeah, it's all about family. Some hey, families you know? love each other. Some families love each other. Hey, why is reverse <laughs> cowgirl illegal in Alabama? Why? Because you don't turn your back on family. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. One little horror nod is the fact that Edith personally calls out Mary Shelley as being an influence Uh for her. So I just appreciated the fact that instead of sneaking in, I mean, there are, you know, sort of hidden little references, horror references, but some of them are very overt, like the changeling and, um, Peter Cushing reference and then the Mary Shelley reference. Yeah. How early on did you guys know that, that what they were doing or did you not catch like it until their they were... plan? Yeah. I knew there was something like clearly they're trying to get something. Yeah. I just didn't understand. Like they want to get her there. They want, there's money involved. Right. I just didn't know why or like what, because I really did think there were vampires the first time I saw this. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to believe it was like a gothic ghost story and right. that they were going to be vampires, vampires. But So that threw me off. Well, in that scene where she's talking with Edith about the butterflies and all that shit, just right there, then you already know that they're plotting something because they have like this conversation yeah. where they're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And she's like in the background. She's like blurred out, but she's right between them. In the background, which was but you also don't know that they've done it before. That's true. That's true. Until well, I see it's weird because I've watched it so many times I don't remember the first time, but I feel like the dog gives it away because you know she's like, I thought you said the dog was dead. Yeah, obviously it came. Well, even before that, when the dog shows up, he's yeah, that's what I mean. She's like, oh, the dog just, and he's like, oh, Oh. the dog couldn't just be wandering. You know, there's not a town for like a day's travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He like, I I noted that he was like pissed when that, when he saw that dog come up, he was like, Mm -hmm. there was something wrong. Oh, and then the, the driver says, he was like, this is my wife. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. You've been married for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. All these little. But that could also be played off as like, he's just not could give a shit or he just. Yeah. Has some issues with memory. Right. Don't we all? 
Another nod that I noticed, I know we're spending a lot of time on horror references in this movie, but, and I don't know how much of a nod this was, but the shining with the bathtub ghost and even the bathroom there was like all green, just like the shining bathroom. What a great, I didn't even catch on to that. Mm hmm. No, but I did. I did notice the other shining reference was they live on two three seven Allerdale Hall Lane. Oh, is it two three seven? Like the room? No, I was gonna say I don't think it is. Oh, you dick! <laughs> I don't think it is. I was like, I didn't see that, but okay. Right. Was like that was like my stupid fake reference. <laughs> it was good because you got Zach. You did get me. Thank you. I feel bad for Alan. Yeah. Everybody like. People just like dump him places and they're like, I'll be back for you. Stay here. Don't die. And then they like <laughs> go and do something else. And then someone else like moves him. And they're like, I'll be back. Stay here. Don't die. He's a, it's funny. He's one of those characters that could have easily played the sort of, you know, oh, okay. He's the, the burly, perfect male figure who comes in to save the day. Mm-hmm. But he's really not. He's actually very interesting. He's got a great backstory. He's clever. I read that uh, Del Toro, when he was pitching the movie to him to like get him to come aboard, he said, like, your character is basically going to be the damsel in distress. And Guys, he was like, oh, yeah, he was like, OK, the, oh, yeah, I'll do it. McMichael. McMichael. Okay. Yeah. The hunk. McMichael. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right, Danny. He was like, he's not the, the hero. He's basically the one yeah. that needs saving. But how much a of a point. monster is Thomas Sharp? He, you know, he didn't even want to stab him. So that's the thing. So, okay. So another Gothic literature sort of theme um, is the, the sort of like brooding male figure who holds, usually holds a lot of power over the female characters traditionally, but kind of walks this fine line between not really even an anti-hero. He is sort of the hero and the villain, which I, I really appreciated was the fact that Del Toro was clearly trying to play with all of those like central themes in Gothic fiction and literature and just kind of putting it all in full blast in this, in this movie. Well, Lucille definitely holds the most power. Oh no, totally. But the thing is with, with him is he has the power, but then kind of like shifts. I don't think he does. And then ends up becoming vulnerable. I don't, but I don't think he has the power at all to begin with. I think it's always Lucy. I just mean over. I agree with that. Lucille you mean over Edith. is like, yeah, that's okay. what I mean. Because I think Lucille ultimately is like. But he on really the top. likes her. But that's I the. I mean, Casey, you just said like Thomas Sharp is the monster, but is he really? Yes, he is. Because no, he's not. He's so charming. Look, I can ignore so many red flags. Just because he fell in love with this one. He also murdered like many of them before. He fell in love with a woman that wasn't his sister. He's very broken and weak. Just because he fell in love with this one, he's still a murderer. I don't see red flags. I would say he's like (laughs) the epitome of toxic masculinity. There you go. Where even if like a guy who is who has toxic masculinity tries to be vulnerable, they somehow still manage to make vulnerability like toxic <laughs> you still aren't like good just because you've like changed your like approach right right yeah 
I, cause I want, you want to, the thing is, is like, you want to root for him because he is technically helping them. I root for the him. heroes mm-hmm. win, but he's not a good guy. Like mm-hmm. he waits till the last second to really not do anything. He burns the papers, How but dare you? I don't know. How he also you? takes the easy way out. Like he just lets Lucille kill him. Yeah. I don't know. She stabs him in his yeah. pretty face. Oh, oh, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> that if Guillermo del Toro is good fucked. at anything, he's good at shock value in the most unexpected ways mm-hmm. with like body horror. Oh, my Ooh. God. I just my fucking jaw dropped. And so did his. But oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, part of what I really liked about this to me that and the ending was very unexpected. Yeah. With all of the slashing and the blood and the, you know what I mean? Like well, it's that. so tragic, too, because with Lucille, again, I'm not justifying what she did, but clearly they are villains and monsters as the result of years of problem over problem in mm-hmm. issue, you know, mm-hmm. coming from, you know, it's, it's all family, you know, it's all like romance and family is like mm-hmm. kind of like the, the bones of this story. So like you could bones. even blame it all on the mom who Lucia like openly says like she was like a jerk she's just hateful yeah. that's why she, and fucking she set the standard for her. how exactly so it's like wh- that's what I love about this movie and the and the quote-unquote monsters the human monsters is that you can't justify their killings you can't justify their actions but you can understand them you can mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. the root of the evil, basically, and like yeah, why trauma. it soured and rotted, you know, and why it got so bad, which yeah. I think makes them so interesting. And during that big showdown between Lucille and Edith, Lucille like wants to kill Edith, but she is so explicit about she keeps saying, and they even kind of make a joke where she's like, I heard you the first time, where she's like, either you kill me or I kill you. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, God, like she almost like gave up already, you know, and I think they reference this at one point where like Lucille and Thomas already haunt this house. They're, they may yeah. as well have been ghosts from the beginning. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they're never leaving They're All of their actions are horrific. They are haunting this castle before they even die. So it what is just it make? exactly like as as horrific as they are and as evil as they are. They're so sad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. Well, and also like brings it back to like why it's gothic. That's gothic literature in a nutshell. Lucille clearly is in love with Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so than like he if he loves her at all, I don't know. But like she's in love with him because she's like yeah. jealous. You see the jealousy with like Edith and everything. But then when she stabs him in the face, fucking face Mm -hmm. you see right after that that she was like oh my god what have i done yeah you know what i mean like it it was just like a a, you know like a crime of passion whatever she was just like what the fuck and she stabbed and then she was Mm like oh shit i wish i could take that back because i just made a horrible mistake and so by the time she is fighting edith outside uh by that big machine and she danny you said it seemed like she has given up she probably did because yeah, she's like, fuck it. Like, I just killed my brother who I love yep. like, in the that only weird thing way. She had. She's yeah, not the only thing she had for a cause. She's killing it as like revenge or like I have nothing right. else to but also, do. Like, but like she said, you know, she urge. said uh, either I kill you or you kill me or whatever. 
she's basically like, fuck it. If I die, I die because I have nothing left yep. to live for anyway. So just yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, man. Yeah. Did you think that it was Thomas that killed Edith's dad? Oh yeah. I, I didn't think it was Lucille because they really did throw me off with when you see, when you go back and watch it the second time, you see that it, it's, it looks like a guy, but yeah. clearly mm-hmm. Lucille mm-hmm. has her hair up. Yeah. I didn't know it was, I didn't think it was Lucille. I definitely didn't think it was Lucille. Could have been Thomas, but I actually thought it was somebody because the dad had hired that detective guy. I thought it might've been somebody that was like hired just like a hitman kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I didn't think it well, was that's the Lucille. thing. You, you know, you're getting thrown off because you know, they're not giving you the obvious because the first thing you're going to think of is Thomas. Mm-hmm. Right. Who else would it be? You know, just given the information you have at that point in the movie. Yeah. That part of the movie is pretty gnarly, too. And Yeah. Talk about brutal kills. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Mm. He slipped, though. That's that cool. <laughs> he slipped seven times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That really bothered me. <laughs> as <laughs> impressive as it was, that wasn't the kind of gore. Like, okay, to keep bringing it back to the Evil Dead Rise trailer, like, that's the sort of gore where, like, I have to look away. Like, that is just freaking me out. Whereas this one is like disturbing, but so impressive in terms of like the practical effects that you can't look away. Cause you're like, Oh my God, how yeah. did they do that? Like it is yeah. so good. Like it's so again, like grounded in reality, but which is a reminder of how grotesque reality can be, which I think mm-hmm. Del Toro is really good at of like highlighting the most macabre moments of like mm-hmm. things that we can actually experience. Yeah. Which is what, I think freaks me out more even beyond like the visceral, like visual part of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And is that the first time we technically meet? I mean, we meet the monsters like the um, Lucille and Thomas, but That's like the first time they hurt that you know, yeah, they like they actually somebody. are monstrous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I also really love the part where um, I don't know if this is exactly what she says, but she walks in on them, like, you know, making out and, Mm-hmm. Blumpkins and whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was? What if that's what you walked in on? <laughs> the Victorian Blumpkin. Um, <laughs> she goes out to use the outhouse <laughs> on the in the fucking chamber pot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, she walks in and they're making out, and then she gets to the banister. They're like what wrestling around or whatever. They get to the banister and she goes, "Wait, what?" Is she says like, "But you're not his sister." And then she says. <laughs> I am. And she pushes. Her oh, yeah. The they give you like one second <laughs> for the audience to believe like, oh, the twist is that. Right. That they're, they're not. lovers. It's like, no, right. no they are. they're disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, I love that, like with this kind of story is like, well, who were the monsters? Are they the ghosts or the people? But there's literally a scene where um, Edith, I, Edith screams. She's like, you're monsters, both yep. of you. And I was like, mm-hmm. I made a note of that. I was like, oh, there it is. That's good for our podcast. That's right <laughs> really out the there. monsters. Yeah. Thanks, Edith. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. What about like the set design of this movie? Oh, mm. shut up. Oh, shut That's up. That's the anti-monster. I, I told you. The story. I spent two hours after I watched this movie yeah. trying to figure out how I can make a Victorian, a gothic Victorian house for myself. Mm-hmm. But it won't be complete well, like, without uh, all of the gushing uh, red clay coming out of the walls I and love the floor. That, that was too. cool. That was yeah. neat. 
One thing that I love about Guillermo del Toro is he's a maximalist. You know, uh-huh. like he puts everything out there on like the biggest scale. Like even when he does like Hellboy, you know, like that doesn't need to be as good as it is. But the Hellboy movies are really good, especially I love part two a lot. Um, but even in something like this, this like little gothic horror movie, like just like little details, like this weird red substance clay, you know, like it's just all so extra. Mm hmm. But it serves the plot like it's sir and it serves the visuals and it serves the everything. It's just he's re, he's so good at uh, letting the visuals complement the story and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's just yeah. so good. So speaking of red clay, what, if anything, did the machine really have to do with the movie? Was there any was kind of like going around? Because they're trying to sell the clay and they're trying to harvest it, basically. And so that's why he was going to all of those cities was to try to get people to invest in that machine so that they can harvest the clay for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand that part. Okay. I guess I didn't know, um, like, what the machine had to do really with the rest of it. Because, I mean, that could have been anything. They could have been going to different cities to find capital to do anything. Well, because of because it's crimson peak and the clay is red. It's I have a theory. Peak. So that so the crimson. Oh yeah, that's right. That's why because the clay rises up in the winter time or whatever, right? In the yeah makes everything red. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's just so it's a, just another way to highlight the clay. Gotcha. I think on a more gotcha. dramatic level, maybe is because the dad kind of calls Thomas out as being like, "You have soft hands, like you don't work." Mm-hmm. And the idea is like Thomas and Lucille sort of. They always say it's even, I mean, it's not the easy way out. Like they kill people, but like <laughs> in ter- terms of how they do things, they take the easy way out. You know, they're mm-hmm. not really putting any work in. They're just manipulating people. Whereas like this machine kind of represents like labor and like just working for your money and like making an honest living, which by the end you can see like he's the one kind of pushing that avenue. Like we could make honest money this way oh yeah he's he's still trying to actually you know he's yeah exactly like he's trying to do it but he's sort of stuck between like lucille's methods and this method and i think that's just what i kind of got from it was like that just kind of represents like even at the end like he's trying he burns himself like he's trying to work this machine to be like i love edith i want to move forward on this other path but like it's just not in his cards gotcha that makes a lot of sense (laughs) tragic story so tragic. So tragic. It's so sad. That was the that was the alternate title for this. It was so tragic. So tragic. Do you guys want to talk about our favorite reveals? Sure. So a few that I have written down are um, Edith's mother coming floating down the hallway at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. The door handle rattle, which was cool. Lucille playing the piano right at the right at the beginning. The bathtub ghost i don't know who that was coming out of the bathtub i think that's mom okay is it with the axe or keep calling it an axe yeah oh with the cleaver okay yeah um the ghost that comes out of the floor and is in like the linen Mm -hmm. closet yeah that's Mm -hmm. one of the ghosts of the women that they killed Mm -hmm. and then i would say when he tells her why it's called crimson peak Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's really revealed but i was like oh that's i like that ties everything up yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that, that, that 
Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that you see, where he's watching and he sees himself on the TV. He's like, oh, yeah. oh. It's funny. <laughs> it's like when they That's say funny. the name of the movie, it's like, yep, oh, oh. <laughs> But yeah, so... Um, so those that's what I what I noticed. What about you guys? Well, my favorite reveal is just the very beginning, the ghost mom, because like I said, I just love the ghosts in this movie and they're just perfect. And so I was very happy that that's what they look like. Mm-hmm. So ghost mom, that's my favorite. Oh, I did want to mention, Zach, you pointed out the first time we see Edith's mom as the ghost coming down the hallway. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck does that remind me of? And it's the ghost from Insidious, the oh. woman with the black veil. Oh, which yeah. Which okay. freaks me out. I don't know why that scares me, but it actually genuinely frightens me. That whole, like, if they had just done a movie just, I mean, I guess they did just do a movie about that. But if, like, it was <laughs> specifically focused on that mm-hmm. throughout, they would have gotten me. Yeah, it's creepy. My favorite reveal, though, is the ghost coming out of the floor, which I think is the first mm-hmm. time Edith really see, I mean, she sees a ghost. But this is the first time she confirms that a ghost is in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Just the sound and the visuals, just everything mm-hmm. combined was just like really spooky. But my runner up for reveals, not a monster reveal, but one of my favorite reveals is actually Edith's um cosplay of Winona Ryder from Edward Scissorhands <laughs> when she wears her white gown and the blonde uh-huh. hair. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's a fan. Like she's a Tim Burton fan. And I just thought that was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Really ahead of her time. Yeah. A hundred ten years. Yeah. Yeah. A few a f- few years. Dude, it is time for the How I Met Your Monster conspiracy theory <gasps> of the week. Oh my God. Hit it. Telling me that NASA is going to kill the president of the United States with an earthquake. Not exactly the kind of thing a Secret Service agent can like just throw himself on top of. The whole Vietnam War was fought over a bet. Howard Hughes lost to Aristotle Onassis. Our third issue this year: conspiracy theory. Okay, you guys are going to have to help me out here because I just came up with this just now. Of course, now. that's right. I can't wait. Okay, you've been. This has been stewing in your brain for a this while. Has been stewing. Yeah, um, now you have to like really just get perfect. it out verbalized. So yeah. Tim Burton was actually inspired by Crimson Peak by Edith for mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands for because Winona Ryder's character in eighteen yep. because this was the eighteen eighties. Well, no, so because that doesn't make any sense. Vincent Price's I don't know who the his character's name is in Edward Scissorhands, but his castle on the hill. Mm-hmm. Not unlike Allerdale Hall is exposed to the snow and outside. So it is being kind of taken over by nature. Yeah. Um, fucking Vincent Price. He is the inventor. And you know who yeah, was an inventor? Thomas <gasps> Sharp. Thomas Sharp. He literally had a room of inventions. Yeah, he died. The inventor is Thomas Sharp. Yeah. He's just his ghost. Uh, he's his ghost. Yeah, because Lucille died and he had no other companions and he grew up alone. He needed to sort of supplement that companionship by creating another person. Mm-hmm. And because he had such a bad relationship with his parents, he thought he could be the father of someone and created yeah. Edward. But this is this is all coming together because um, 
it's all we all know we all know that ghosts we all know that ghosts still age but just slower Mm -hmm. and so everyone knows by the time you get to the early 90s yeah 100 years later thomas sharp he's vincent price's age and he's yeah he's i think um, we even have time on her on our side because edward scissorhands you could say when Winona Ryder's character is telling the story, that's in the 90s. And maybe in her past, it's actually set oh, earlier. Oh, my. I forgot that that's how Edward Scissorhands was yeah. set up, like telling the story because so, she's old. So do ghosts age normally And now? who is a writer in a, in a storyteller but Edith Cushing? Oh, my gosh. Just like Winona. And she's telling the bedtime story. Guys, they exist. In, not only do they exist in the same universe, these are the same characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only that, but this starts out in Buffalo, New York, which is very close to Sleepy Hollow, New York. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Very close. <laughs> which to has Sleepy Christina Hollow. Ricci, who looks a lot like Winona in um, Edward Scissorhands. They have blonde hair, too. So blonde is, hair. is Christina Ricci right. in Sleepy Hollow also the same person? Well, that was like the style back then. That was the yeah. that was so like the no. trendy. So there's like the okay, so I'm out. Of, I'm out of line. Mm-hmm. Casey, you okay. are out of line. Okay, you okay. need to step back. Yeah, I'm. I'm back. <laughs> this theory is flawless. I yep. <laughs> this conspiracy theory is it a conspiracy? Yep. <laughs> I don't think any of them have ever been conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> this plot <It> is now <laughs> against this story. This conspiracy. Is is flawless. There are no holes, but there is a hole in the ceiling. So, conspiracy theory, rock solid. So, what is what is the conspiracy theory? The fact that they exist in the same universe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's whatever I you want. What did to I be. gather from that? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be like the common theme to our conspiracy yes, theory. It's the only like, conspiracy theory that we they go exist with. In now, the oh, same this person. Universe. You know what? This person looks like this person. They must be the same person. <laughs> That's always what we've done. Well, okay. So now it's time for a segment that we like to call the real monster. Run, run, run as fast as you can. I'm the gingerbread man! You're a monster! I'm not the monster here, you are! You and the rest of that fairy tale trash poisoning my perfect world. Now tell me, where are the others? Eat me! So first of all, um, Mr. Cushing, because he's a fucking liar. (gasps) Because he says that in America... Huh? I like him. Oh, well, he said that in America we bank on effort and not privilege, and that is... Bullshit. Mm, bullshit. Sure. Um, so Jessica Chastain, Lucille, when it first shows her and she's playing the piano, it is um, definitely something that when I was 10 years old, I thought that I could play on the piano. So <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> nice. like, yeah, that's so that's all her, her the first piano play, song she plays on the piano because the second one is nice. But the first one, yes, sounds like a, a 10 year old who thinks they know how to play piano. <laughs> okay okay danny what do you got so the real real monster i think is just their mother 
Okay. Going to the root of I think all she's evil. the reason why this is just like all this shit is happening because of bad parenting. And I think you just need to spend a little time hanging out with your kids so that you don't <laughs> fuck everything up. Remember that, Zach. Yeah. Let this be a lesson to you, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then my the real real monster um is uh is ornate Victorian gowns. That have turtlenecks. Oh, especially the ones that you sleep in. Yeah. But specifically ones that have turtlenecks on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was was thinking about like when she would get up in the middle of the night. I'm like, how are you sleeping in those puff sleeves, girl? She's like, let me just put on a few more layers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is comfortable. It's funny because like I I I love the the dresses and stuff. But can you imagine Mm -hmm. actually having to wear all of that bullshit all the time? Oh, my God. How terrible. I love it when when people say like, "Oh, I was born in the wrong time. I wish I would have been born back then." I'm like, "No, you fucking don't." It was just so like, easy to get cholera, though, you know, and disintegrate. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to shit in a fucking chamber pot and then throw it out the window, or do you want to be the person that's outside of the window when somebody throws their chamber pot out? No. <laughs> well, question about that because I did yeah. mention an outhouse earlier. They had mm-hmm. a tub with running water, so do you think they had a toilet? Oh, maybe. No, you just poop in the tub. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you know where the toilets were? Those big um, clay bins in the cellar. Yeah. In the, in the basement with the bodies in them. You have to actually climb in, so you're just covered in red clay every time you Didn't the somebody, like, float up at one point? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the yeah. poop does. That's where they were putting <laughs> you, bodies. You mess around with it enough. <laughs> okay, maybe not that time, but I'm talking, like, some people think that they should have been, that they would right. wish that they would have been born hundreds of years ago. And no, you don't. Mm-hmm. I know we we Sorry. romanticize the aesthetics. Yes, especially That's because it. they're on TV. But like, imagine exactly. how all of those people smelled. Yeah, you just want to be an extra. Yeah, on the movie. on the set of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah can you imagine how disgusting it was? Yeah. Mm. Like no yeah. deodorant. People <clears throat> just peeing and pooping everywhere. Leprosy. Yeah. Yeah. The leprosy alone. Do you know that people with leprosy had to wear bells? I think that this is so funny. Did you know that? I don't think they needed really? the bell, but No, they had to, they were forced to wear bells because they wanted people to be able to hear them coming down the street so they wouldn't have to look at them. It's like Jim, I could oh. smell you. You don't need the bell. <laughs> <laughs> but how horrific is that? Like That's for- Oh god, I hear the bell. There's a leper coming. I better turn around. Like I used to like bells. Fucking leprosy. <laughs> Zach, do you uh, do you have a real monster? Yeah, I do. Um, my real monster is home insurance because um, it's a pain in the ass, and yeah. they should have had their roof fixed, but instead yeah, but they, they just had a giant insurance. fucking hole in their roof with snow and leaves coming in. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was they were cold all the time. Just they probably. Had their home insurance, they put in a claim and they couldn't get the fucking people to do what they were supposed to do. And so, uh, yeah. Also, cars without windows and doors. Uh, oh, yeah. But they that go was out a in nice the rain. Car. They go out in the rain and they get in that car and like there's still like rain like coming in the side. They're going to go to that party uh-huh. and their like tuxes are going to be like soaked on the legs. And then they have to fucking do the waltz. <laughs> And not put out a candle. So, And they're still cold. And they're still it's cold. It's funny that you say all that 
the, the fact how much would have been how many issues would have been avoided had they just like had windows mm-hmm. like if that was a nice skylight the reason okay so lucille and thomas were just cold all the time mm-hmm. so what do you do when you're cold you like find ways to be warm well there's no way to be warm but body heat is like the best Wait. Oh, that's why they oh. fucked each so, like, other. Like, let's hug. I was like, well, we're hugging. Okay. Was only six. You know, and, like all of a sudden <laughs> well, you have an incestuous well. relationship, and then you start killing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of this would have been avoided with a. Skylight. You're right. It is home insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's home, home insurance. insurance. Is the real You're monster. You're totally right. Yeah. Zach nailed it. Um, okay. Do you guys have anything else to add about Crimson Peak before we wrap up this episode? Do I? Hmm. I got nothing. Although I did want to point out. So there is one more thing. Correct me if I'm wrong or if this is just convenient, but when Dr. Alan McMichael gets stabbed and he goes out and Thomas like is like, where can I stab you? You know, make sure you don't die. He technically could have stayed in the house and like bled out and died, even if he faked it. But he actively goes out into the snow. Now, this may be the dumbest thing thing that i've ever asked ever maybe but do you think there is something to the fact that it was so cold that he could have done something to like prevent bleeding or done something to maybe not well he's not cauterizing the wound but something to help with the blood loss by being out in such extreme cold temperatures and that he Uh, actually went out there willingly yeah yeah i think that uh because the second he gets stabbed he walks out he's like Mm -hmm. i need to get out of here and we know he's a doctor, so obviously he mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that part of it is, too, like, he would have a better chance if he just left. If he stayed in that house, they're going to make sure That's that he's true dead too. somehow. That's but fair. But aside from that, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're cold, I feel like if I were stabbed and then I was out in, in like, negative temperatures, I'd be more upset about the negative temperatures. I wouldn't be thinking <laughs> yeah. about the fact that I was stabbed anymore, you know? Well, yeah, if you, oh. get, like a, you get, like, a cut on your hand, you don't run warm water over it because then it's just right. going to keep – bleeding it stings. more um, yeah and so you want to get yourself to allerdale hall in the middle of winter <laughs> stick your hand in the snow throw yourself in the snowstorm mm-hmm. yep okay good point danny good point casey good pick by the way thank you yeah great pick. good pick thanks but this was just one of three ghost stories that we have in store for you all danny what's our next ghost story gonna be oh god now the pressure's on that's right because mm-hmm. it's your turn danny what are we watching next week I've been giving this a lot of thought, and I decided, given the time of year and (gasps) given the epic scale of this movie that we had just seen, I thought the best way to complement a great ghost story is to tell one of the most, one of the most beloved ghost stories and take a trip out into the middle of nowhere Closed off for the season. Is and it a ghost story? Stephen King's and Stanley Kubrick's The oh, Shining. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're finally tackling I The Shining. I was hoping that that was going to be your pick. I really want, I've, I've been wanting to talk about this movie. I've been wanting to watch it. And I had some other, I had some other options. And I was like, some of them make yeah. sense. Some of them are fitting, but. Every time I kept leaning into something else, The Shining is just, oh, you can't beat The Shining. It's just the best. It is. It's pretty good. So, yeah, we'll be going to the Overlook Hotel in our next episode. 
in the middle of winter, which is kind of perfect. Ooh, cool. Because that's when things start getting really bad for the Torrance family. Okay, so make sure to join us for The Shining. Hey, where can our listeners find you guys on social media? I'm on Instagram at WolfMotherCasey. And I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at my name, Danny Salem. Just Danny, D-A-N-N-Y-S-A-L-E-M-M-E, two M's like the candy, melt in your butt, not in your hands. Wonderful. And you can find me <laughs> and you can find me on social media at Zach Quinsick. Make sure to follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at How I Met Your Monster and on Twitter at I Met Your Monster. Um, and if you're not already subscribed to the show, find us on uh, your favorite podcast. Where are you listening to this right now? If you're not already subscribed, yeah. just hit the subscribe button on wherever you're listening right now. Yeah. Just find that little button. And Please find us. We're lost. You need to we find are lost. us. Please <laughs> find us. I'm in the hedge maze at the Overlook. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. All right. Uh, so we look forward to The Shining. And that's all we have for today. So thank you all for listening. Now go meet some monsters. Beware the monsters of Crimson Peak. Oh, that was good. Beware when the time comes. Beware. Oh. When the time comes. Beware, Beware Crimson, Crimson Peak. Peak. There you go.